0: You're listening to the Fable 411 podcast produced by the City of Fable, where you'll get information about city government and the programs and services we provide. You'll get topics of interest and an inside look into the various departments to help keep our city moving. I'm Gabby Roberts,
1: And I'm Jody Phelps. Thanks for joining us for the Fayetteville 411. The City of Fayetteville will be seeking voter feedback during the November election on issuing up to $97 million in general obligation or GO bonds to support projects in public safety, public infrastructure, and housing opportunity. Today, we hope to answer questions that you may have about the Fayetteville Forward Bond Package and talk about the types of projects it would help support. We're joined by Chief Mike Hill from the Fayetteville Fire Department and Bridget Stevens from the Economic and Community Development Department. Welcome, guys.
2: Hi, welcome. Hi. Thank you.
1: So this bond on the November ballot is going to be broken up into three different questions for voters to consider. I'd like to start with uh, the first one, which is $60 million in public safety, and talk a little bit about what that would look like. Chief Hill, you want to tell us what, what some of that money would cover for the fire department?
2: Yeah, well, for the fire department specifically, we have about 10 projects in our capital improvement plan as of today. And these include new fire stations, um, fire station relocations, and also renovations to existing facilities, and also for logistics and support facilities for our operations.
0: I understand you guys have a number of stations that have been around a good long time. You know, I'm thinking of you know station number two up in Haymont. Uh, tell me about some of the issues that you guys really need to be addressing.
2: Well, like I said, it, it, it's in three different categories. New facilities, we, we do have areas of the city that's been, been annexed for a long time where we don't have sustainable permanent fire stations. City Creek Road area would be one of them where it's one of our priority projects to get a permanent facility in that area. And we also have stations that we need to relocate um, city doesn't grow in perfect concentric circles. So over time, as the uh, service demand moves, where a fire station was at 50 years ago is not necessarily the best place for today. So we've got a few we need to adjust. And then, you know, we have fire stations that are 80 years old. It's, it's time for some renovations. Um, there's some structural degradation issues with them. And they're just, you know, they're old, they're, they're not efficient. They don't have all the uh, features that a modern fire service requires for us to be able to provide optim- optimal service.
1: So another part of this package right of course fire responds when residents call 911 and they have an emergency and another part of the 60 million dollars um, a priority there is a 911 communication center. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I think that is probably the most important and sometimes the most overlooked and 911 center is the gateway to all emergency services whether it's um, for the fire department, the police department, and ambulance, animal control, any emergency services that you need from from the city starts with the 911 center. And um, we're definitely um, a little bit behind. The, the current facility we're using is in City Hall. We've been there for 30 years. It's not an optimal location. There are some, some serious challenges with the location of facility and the lack of modernization and the, and the limits that we have there that we're unable to upgrade the technologies as needed.
0: And, and when I think of 911, I know a lot of people usually might think of, you know, this when there's an emergency emergency and they call and they need help, but 911 is so much more than dispatching or sending out a police car or sending out a fire truck uh, they could play a vital role in serving our community
2: Well, they do like I said that that is the you know your first contact with emergency services and um, when we have this the staff to telecommunicators, answer the phone they're not just relaying information they're providing vital life-saving information back to the caller in real time that buys some time um, improves the um, patients um, care gives some pre-arrival instructions um, to allow the first responders to get there and take over.
1: It really helps the first responders when they arrive on scene, you know, to have that, that transition and that, that support there. So I want to talk. Bridget is here with us from Economic and Community Development. I want to shift gears a little bit. This bond package, all three questions, really look at making investments across uh, identified needs in our city. And residents through the resident survey tell us every time we want to invest in public safety, we want to invest in streets and sidewalks. But we also know that we need housing to drive the economy of Fayetteville. So, Bridget, will you tell us a little bit about what the housing opportunity, which is $12
3: Yes. Well, we recently completed a um, housing study, and we identified that there is a housing deficit of 20,000 units. So this housing opportunity will provide an opportunity for us to expand upon some existing programs that we already have in our economic and community development department. Um, One of those is development of multifamily rental housing. What we could do is provide gap financing for developers to encourage developers to come to the city of Fayetteville and build more housing for us.
1: So there's, uh, Bridget, there's a couple different areas that this housing opportunity would cover. Let's talk about the repair and rehab revitalization of neighborhoods and really what that does for residents who live in these homes.
3: We also offer a repair and rehab program. So that's designed to assist those who are owner occupied, owner occupied housing, and help them to be able to stay in their homes and maintain their homes, um, specifically for our seniors, helping them to age in place. So, what we do is we go in and we make repairs um, to like major systems, HVAC, plumbing, et cetera, also making the houses more accessible for them. That's incredible.
0: And please divide a role for people who are on a fixed income because, you know, it's kind of hard to find the extra. A little bit here and a little bit there to to keep their house uh, in shape so they can age in place.
3: Definitely.
1: That's great. Owning a home is an important Mm -hmm. goal of certainly our housing opportunity programs. So Ridget, you guys have a phenomenal home buyer's program and home ownership program at ECD and that allows folks to to really transition into home ownership from renting to having home equity. Talk to us a little bit about that program. I know it's relatively new and how this bond would help, you know, sort of expedite some of those funds.
3: What we do with our purchase assistance program is we provide up to $20,000 in down payment assistance to help those with their down payment, closing costs, and prepaids to be able to purchase their first home. Um, our goal, overall goal, is to help build and sustain homeownership. So with that comes home buyer education as well. And so what we're doing is creating a pipeline, not only, you know, with, with new homeowners so that we can also help and in, in, um, entice developers to come to the area as well to build new single family homes.
1: That's excellent.
0: I'm filling that gap too because I know it's so challenging. I know, my, speaking from my own personal experiences, buying my first home, this within the last couple of years, how challenging it is to try to save up for that down payment when you're also trying to pay rent. And, you know, rent and mortgage is almost the same amount of money for me, but there's just no way I could have gotten that down payment down if I hadn't been for programs like this.
1: It takes a lot of work, and it's a great program that we offer.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Jody, I know we also got a third part of, component of our uh Fable 4 bond, and that's going to be with the public uh, infrastructure. And we're talking about like streets and sidewalks that will be uh, funded with this. Tell me a little bit about that as well.
1: That's right. So there's $25 million that's proposed to go towards public infrastructure. That is streets, sidewalks, connectivity. We really want to look at um, the resurfacing, repaving, sort of expediting and accelerating the plans that are already in place to address the City of Fayetteville streets. Did you know the City of Fayetteville maintains 750 miles of streets every year? That's a lot of streets to cover. And so this infusion of cash would, would really accelerate our ability to look at those plans for resurfacing and paving and pavement preservation. Another part of that would be sidewalks. Um, Being a connected city, being a walkable city, it it makes it much more enjoyable to live and quality of life improves. And safety and security, right? It goes right back to safety and security when we have safe sidewalks to walk on. There are several areas in the city that the pedestrian plan has identified as gaps. Maybe there's sidewalk gaps. Some of those are, might be around schools. We want to look at really those areas and fill those gaps in and address some of the sidewalk needs. I think that's one of the things we hear a lot is Fayetteville needs more sidewalks. We want to walk places. So this is the city's proposal to, um, to really be able to provide that and to look at um, streets, sidewalks. It would also provide the opportunity for bike lanes, Making it a little bit more transportation friendly um, with some intersection improvements, and and again goes back to that safety and security.
0: Now I know the ballot is going to be this is going to be three ballots, correct? Three questions on the um, referendums coming up on November eighth uh, for each individual one. So it's going to ask you, do you want to vote yes or no on public safety improvements? And then the second question is going to be yes or no on infrastructure. Public
1: infrastructure, streets, sidewalks, and connectivity, I believe it says.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the third and final one is it um, housing opportunities.
1: Housing opportunity, housing um, programs that we have. So that's $60 million for public safety. 25 million for public infrastructure and 12 million for housing opportunity. Certainly residents we hope that they will be informed and, and can make that choice between any one of the three, all three of them, two of the three. Um, the question is is to the voters.
0: And, and I know I've gotten some questions like this fielded to me uh, talking about so let's say if, if it is approved, how quickly is this going to start and will we start seeing these projects going into place?
1: Well, certainly there will be a planning process for all of that. Chief, uh, Bridget, I think some of them are a little quicker than others, right? Mm-hmm. The the ECD programs mostly already exist, so they can certainly accelerate some of that. The tax implications would not uh, take effect until at least 2024, so there would be a period there where we're planning and, and looking at some of those things.
0: Now, how much of a tax increase is it, would it... Um being protected needed to pay for this bond
1: sure it's estimated right now for all three sections at about four cents um, so that means uh, in in sort of math equation it means it's approximately forty dollars annually for every one hundred thousand dollars in property value or if it's a so if it's a two hundred thousand dollar home it's eighty dollars a year
0: now chief I know there's a lot of projects on here what happens if voters say no to the referendum
2: well, here's the issue. These projects have been on our, in our planning um, for decades unfunded. And the longer they go unfunded, the longer we're withholding service enhancements from the community. The projects are still needed. Whether the bond passes or not, the projects are still needed. This is just an option, and it's a way we can accelerate those plans and actually get some of the progress out into streets and the service enhancements to the community.
0: Do you think some of the projects would go
2: forward regardless? Well, they're going to have to. I mean, sooner or later, they're going, they're going to have to be funded one way or another. Um, general obligation bonds is just the most cost-effective way for the city to borrow money.
1: Chief, a a great example of those long-term needs identified is Fire Station 4. So how long ago, um, I know you said this at the groundbreaking.
2: Yeah, I I, I, I told a story back in Early 2000, I was assigned to Station 4 for just just a, a brief period, and the fire chief at the time come out and told me, he said, hey, don't get too comfortable here, we're fixing to relocate this station. And that 20, it took 20 years to, um, to actually get that project moving and get ground broke on it, so it takes a while.
0: And prices increase on construction costs, Lord knows, I mean, uh, you know, over five years, you know, steel prices and wood and concrete has grown astronomically, so... Doing it now can be more cost effective now because you can build it now at today prices versus trying to save up and then building it and, you know, 20 years from now at right. those prices. And I
2: think that's true with any of the projects of, of any of the bond areas that we're talking about.
0: Now, where can voters go if they want to learn more um, about the different projects and what it's uh, going to be on the bond referendum?
2: That's
1: a great question. So the city of Fayetteville is actively engaged in an education campaign. Um, We certainly want voters to be able to make an informed decision in November and to to take in all of the facts. So to that end, the city has set up a series of education and information sessions. There's one at every rec center throughout Fayetteville. We have staff that will be there. The sessions are all listed on the website at FayettevilleNC.gov slash bond. Um, They Largely in the evening at around 5:45 or 6 o'clock, so folks can come after work. We'll try not to keep you there more than 45 minutes, but if you want to ask questions, we'll stay there as long as you want to and make sure that we get all of your questions answered. It's really important to us that um, we provide all of the education and information that and make it readily available.
0: And what's the web address again for the bond website?
1: It's FayettevilleNC.gov bond. You'll find lots of information there. There's a list of possible projects that we've identified that Chief talked about. Um, we know that the $97 million in total is only going to go so far towards addressing a lot of those needs that have been identified for years. Uh, but we want to get to as much of that as possible. You also can um, check out a series of videos that we have that explain the bonds and what are a general obligation bond and a lot of the details around that. And there's a link on there to the Bond Engage Hub. It's really important that we get resident feedback throughout this process and understand what folks uh, feel and think and um, what, what they want to see happen in their city. So there's a little survey there where you can rank all of the bond projects in priority order and just slide them up and down and also participate in the budgeting process where you can identify how you would spend the $97 million if it were up to you. Uh, We want to hear that information. We want to understand what voters think.
0: Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Fable 411. Chief Hill and Bridget Stevens, I want to thank you both for coming on and sharing um, information about the Fable 4 bond. And Jody, thank you for being my co host for today's episode.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: Well, Fable 411 is one of several podcasts that the city produces for our podcast channel, Radio Fable, as we provide timely and informative updates every week on a variety of topics related to the city of Fable. Be sure to subscribe to Radio Fable on Apple iTunes, the iTunes podcast app, as well as the Google Play Music podcast portal. Radio Fable is also available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn.
1: You can also listen to every podcast that Radio Fayetteville has to offer by downloading the Fay TV streaming app, available now on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, and Amazon Fire TV. You can view all of our video content by visiting FayTV.net, To get more information about city services, go to our website at FayettevilleNC.gov. Thanks for joining us.